on this episode of Quantum Week, October 10th through 16th, 2010. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are in mid-October 2010 uh, with The Town and Listomania by Phoenix. Right. Anything off the top before we get into the uh, movie? We're just back uh, next week. We have, uh, we're have going to 1988, Coming to America. Yep. We have an excess sign because of the New the sensation. Yeah. And then uh, the Sunday show for you folks is going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's another big Patreon movie. And then a cheap trick. I think cheap trick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so pretty big week next week too. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm ready to talk town if you are. Yeah. Let's talk about the town. Uh, I really like this movie. Uh, won't hit my top, I don't know, five or 10, but it's, but it's up there. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So, uh, every time I watch this movie, I like it less. Do you? Yeah. I think I probably had a similar experience this time. I think this is maybe the third time I've seen it, and there were a couple things that bothered me that I don't think bothered me before. So I do love this movie. It is a great movie. I it have is. it. It's it won't crack. It's just going to miss my top twenty of movies we've done for the show. Yeah. It's in my top one hundred. Um, you know, of my life, I, I really I really enjoy this movie. Um, but it's like the opposite. Uh, of the Argo effect. Every time I watch Argo, I like it more. Yeah. Every time I watch the movie, I like it less. And the reason I like this movie less is, um, so when you watch this movie the first time, you're blown away by some of these, these action sequences. Oh the, yeah. The car chase in the North end is amazing. And then the, uh, the Fenway park, you know, it just, the action just really just, just is, is really exciting. It's it thrilling. is. It's exhilarating. Yep. When you watch it a few times, you know the beats. So you're like, all right, so then what are you left with? If you, so you're left with the characters and you're left with, just kind of like the concept of the movie. And unfortunately, just Rebecca Hall is just so miscast here. Oh, really? I like her. It's too, it's too, she's no fun. I think she's very vulnerable. I don't think she has, I don't think she's supposed to be fun I here. Think you, I think for like uh, entertainment value. She has to be fun. I don't know how you can be bit. fun like, in this movie. I, I, I always compare this movie for, you know, obvious reasons to Good Will Hunting in a lot of ways. Okay, that makes sense. a lot of the same beats. Yeah. Um, and like Mini Driver would have been so much more fun. Like someone who's like, like I just this girl, woman is so somber. It's she like, is. Oh, what a what a she's like a wet rag. No, 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 no. I think she's super vulnerable, and she's just been through a traumatic event. Who's I gonna get it? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be super bubbly then? You know, at least with Mimi Driver, she wasn't. She didn't. She wasn't like kidnapped. No, <laughs> and held up. You know, she didn't see her her uh, her manager get hit with the butt of a uh, gun in their head. You know, I don't expect it to be like you know Amy Schumer farting. You know, poop, right, pooping around. Uh, but I, it's just, it's like, it's such, every time she's on screen, it's like, uh, it's like, the movie is somber. I, it is, but her stuff in particular oh, is just, it's just, I love Rebecca Hall. Because, like, I think a lot of this movie is supposed to be like Ben Affleck is seeing the life that he could have had. He's like, all right, well, you know, if I, if I just do things right for once and stop fucking around, I can have a nice thing. Yeah. But, like, it's the nice thing is just being with this, like, walking, you know, depressed you know, she's like a, a, a downer like debbie downer it's, she's like, it's, just like, it's like oh, what, she had a traumatic what? experience i get it i get it but like it's, but that's wait that's not her fault though then, then that's the script how do you make that role fun i don't understand i don't this does not i'm not saying fun 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 she's like juggling like she's like doing tricks uh, <laughs> uh no but i i just a little bit of levity i think it was a long way it just i just don't buy why ben affleck why is she so appealing to Ben Affleck because she's an open book and he's got to hide his life away. I mean, he's two characters, you know, he's, he's, and he's pretending, he's pretending who he is to her. He's, he's a, he's a lie. And, uh, right. He's also a lie because he's trying to be a good, good guy the entire time, even though he's a bad guy and he kills someone at the end. Like his life is really, I mean, you like him and you feel, you feel for him and feel for his character, yeah, but, but he's living a lie and, and she's not, she's super open and vulnerable and ready to be intimate with someone after being comp- just, you know, kidnapped a, a, a horrific event right before that. I mean, it takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability. And I think that's what he doesn't have. He's closed off. Um, and he's a, he's, he's a lie. So they're literally sitting outside having a nice lunch. And she goes, well, uh, it's a sunny day. Like when my brother died, okay, I have like, a problem oh, with that. Jesus Christ. Like give it a break for a second. My honey. sunny days. Like, yeah. Just, just be happy for a second. Just for, just pretend. Oh, she's happy. Sometimes you it's miserable, smiley. miserable person. Just oh. pretend. Just, Talk about a funny show you just saw. Something else. Jesus. I don't Christ. know that that would fit with the movie. I think it can. I think, I think it would it. 
it would have taken a little bit extra gymnastics for the actress to bring a little levity to this role, but she's so she's such a depressive character. It's it's really Right, a lot of this movie is somber, but there's also a lot of humor in this movie. There is, but you also have to show the difference between him and his relationship with his male friends, the bank robbers, right. and you know, and Renner's character, who's who could do anything at yes. any time. Complete wild card. Uh, right. So I think you need a stable factor too. I understand what you're saying with this. I get that. I get what you're saying. I just don't. I think that she's really good at it. She she comes across very vulnerable, and I like her in general. In in. I think she's really good in, in the movies that I've seen her in, except know. King Kong, the, the, the newest King Kong movie. That's, that's a terrible thing that she did. I but I really like her. I, I think of her more in the prestige, which we covered she's, on the yes. show. She's good in that too. She's, she is, but it's just, she, I, she doesn't quite, doesn't do it for me. I don't doesn't know. Do I, I just, I just, I really like her. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess I like somber ladies. I guess so. <laughs> I, uh, so, so, you know, with, she has like this, like this, like lack of personality in a, in a lot of ways, and <laughs> and you're right. Maybe a lot of it is how the role is written. Obviously, she's gone through this horrible thing. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think they put they play those beats pretty well, and she emotes. I think those things pretty well, but I think they can also be a little bit of a counterbalance. And so you're left with that relationship, which is just kind of a bummer. And even when like things are going good, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. She's talking about her dead brother. Sure. Or she's just sad about the bank being robbed. <laughs> so it's like, all right, great. And and you know, and you're left and the action sequences don't have the same verb. The energy of the film is lost a little bit when you You've seen it a few times. Right. Now like, yeah. like I'm flipping this with like say Die Hard, another another movie in my top one hundred, another sure. action movie. When you take away the action sequences, Bruce Willis is so charismatic and there's some layers too. There's also like weird, I mean, there's some weird characters in this too. Yes. And I do enjoy this movie, but like, um, a lot, like I said, this is, yeah, yeah. I, I think this and Die Hard are like neck and neck for me. Like I, I enjoyed them both equally. Right. But I, you know, Die Hard, um, I think I liked, I like this more the first time I saw it than I like Die Hard. But then as time has gone on, they've, they've gotten closer they, and closer. Yeah. Now they've intersected because like yeah. this world is so much fun. He's, he's a lot of fun. And, and you know, that's and, a fun movie. Um, but like with this movie, sometimes I get kind of frustrated. Like, so I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Rebecca Hall stuff, but then you have like Chris Cooper who's in one scene. Who's awesome. And it's like, oh my God, yeah. I could use a half hour more of this angry. Me he's too. He's so angry. He's so angry. And we all know what a great actor Chris Cooper is. He's a great actor. Is. So we know that if we had like a couple more beats with that character, a couple more scenes with him. He would nail it. We know he, right, exactly. Yeah. So like I'm left wanting so much more. I also would have, and I know that he was quite sick. Uh, Pete Postlewaite is the force. Yeah. He died yep. before this movie uh, was re. No, he died. No, I'm sorry. He died after it came out, but he died before the award seasons. Yes. He died in January of that following year. So, um, he, and he, you can see he's much thinner than he is in typical. He had pancreatic cancer. He's great. Um, but he, like, I could have used more people. Absolutely. I could have used more, like, background of the forest. Uh, you know, so, uh, and obviously the gem character. I think we, we milled gem out enough, but, uh, yeah. But he's a great character. He is. Too. He's great. Renner does a, a phenomenal job in Maybe this. Maybe, like, less, and I love John Hammond. I mean, no. Like, less. That's my problem. Less Ham is a problem. Stuff. Hands and I mean, even more uh, the Blake Lively stuff. She's that, great too. She is so. She is great. What it, so for someone who didn't grow up around here. Yeah. Like she nails that role. She like, does. Are, that's real. That's there, real. There are, those women are in bars. Go to Boston. You're going to see this woman. Yeah. Go on like a Wednesday night. Yeah. Go to closing time yeah. at a Wednesday night bar in Boston or Thursday night in, or Tuesday night in Boston, especially when there's like no college girls around. Yeah. That's the kind of girl you see there. Yeah. You see a beautiful woman who's sort of, who's like way overdone and beat up and just yeah. like life is just, you know, yeah. just a ripping yeah. down. And like, they are just like, yep. they either had this bitter sense of humor. She nailed all of that. Like, yeah, I guess it felt so real. She's great. My problem was with ham. Um, I did not, I, I didn't buy him. I just, I thought there was too much of that character. I would have vastly preferred way more Cooper and way less ham. Me too. Yeah, that would have been a that would have that would have made this better. We, and I, I mean, I get you know to some extent why you have that, but if you really sit back and think about it for a second, why do we need to see it from his perspective? We don't. In fact, because we know it's kind of the cliche to do it from the cosplay, but why? We don't need it. Yeah, especially because we know already there's no there's no real chase. Like they know within the first half hour of the movie who did it. Yeah. So there, we don't we don't really need to see that pull. Um, yeah, we don't really need to see his perspective. We we need to see some some of the confrontations, you know, him with uh, Claire and uh, and who else was he with? Um, did he? Oh yeah, you need to see the confrontation in the end, but that's in the shootout. You don't really need to see a lot of him. I don't get it. But he's really not even that big part of a shootout. No, he's not. He shoot. 
he shoots Renner. Yeah, at the end, he's with Renner. He's like kind of chasing down Renner, and that's right. a good scene. That that's works. Scene. Yeah, no, yeah, that totally but, like, works. We don't, but, but we don't need a. We don't, we don't, need I don't think we see as much of him. We don't need John Ham for Ham for this character either. We could have. It could have been a, a nobody. Could have been anybody. What's the DiCaprio movie we covered uh, with Tom Hanks? Uh, uh, catch me if you can. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, like with that movie, you do need the cop, right? Yes, you do. You need that balance because DiCaprio stuff is so fucking crazy. Yeah. And also, he's a kid, so he, there's not a lot of depth to him. So, you, I think it helps to have that counterbalance. Yeah. Even though Tom Hanks, we both agree, it's not his like best it's not the best role ever like it's almost kind of a downbeat role on purpose yeah but it does flesh out dicaprio's story more i i think it, i think it does add to the film yeah on the flip side there's so much other stuff going on and remember too dicaprio's alone for a lot of that movie he really Here is we have ben affleck and his wild his cast of characters. yeah exactly his dad we have the boy lively yeah we the have, ex-girlfriend you know, right we yeah. have uh you know sour record oh <laughs> you know we have, we have we have a lot of stuff going on we do we don't really need the you don't the john ham you don't need it it's very strange and it's, i love john ham he's i i love john Madman. i'm a big and john i like ham guy personally he's really funny he is really funny he um he's a he, he he seems like a cool guy to hang out with, and he's incredibly talented this is sort of lost on him like he's sort of just a slime gall slime ball kind of nobody character you don't really even know like how to take him in this movie it doesn't know what to, it wants to do with him is he a good guy doesn't seem he's manipulative right and he's also kind of an asshole he's but just then, kind of an but asshole. then he'll do a nice thing or he'll do yeah. things he'll be kind of kind like all right so like i i get that it shouldn't be shouldn't be black and white but i almost feel like the movie doesn't know no and, and i feel bad for him because like how do you play that right and why have someone that is super likable like john ham in that role like you're already you're already I'm you're, okay with john ham playing a fucking asshole he'd be played don draper for eight years or yeah anything. but he doesn't he's not an asshole the entire time here. no he's not so it's, it's just a very place. weird it's like you can have written. you'd be better with an with a nobody character here who you who you just can't quite figure or just out like don't show the fbi stuff yep that's that works i too. mean like good fellas we don't see it from the cop's perspective yeah. and i'm not trying to convince you know but you know what i'm saying you, you can don't need it a crime movie and you not can. not get the cop in 35 percent of it right you can do that yeah, you don't need it. You don't need the scenes in the precinct. You don't need the, no. you know, none of that. Um, seems like a waste because you could have really developed some of the other characters. And more. I like Titus Welliver a lot. He's a yep. good actor. Like basically every scene with Hannah and Welliver you could, is, is unnecessary. Yeah. And also just takes away from the fun of the movie, which is Ben Affleck and his, this kind of, this wacky group of guys. Like we don't really, and I know there is an extended cut. I've seen it. Uh, it does flesh out the Blake Lively character a bit Does more. it? Yeah. Um, so there is there is some more of of that you kind of get a better understanding for like the shine like why he's the the baby and like all you get a lot yeah because we know that's really left but i'm fine with that being left up left up in the air but i'm fine the movie's long enough as it is but i would have taken like take out every interaction all fbi yeah because you need to have ham and um you know rebecca hall at the beginning because she needs to talk to the cops yes so some of that stuff i get and you mentioned like you know ham with uh renner Renner at the the end end. so you need obviously the cops do come into play but we don't need so much of it no um so then so so like i said some of the problems in this movie are just when you the problems are always there obviously but when you watch the movie the first time the action sequences are way more fun kind of blind you to it a little bit or you just kind of left but then when you're just left with that it's like ah, this movie just kind of fades for me a little bit and i don't get wrong and this sound i I mean yeah we're being really critical i'm being really critical i really like this movie there's a lot to like about it um the car chase scene in the north end and maybe it's because i i grew up in new england so you know the and i know know what it looks like yeah like it's hard to drive around there jesus christ there's one ways going into one ways so it's all windy car chase there and and affleck shoots it brilliantly yeah have you seen live by night his nexus follow-up to this i was thinking about that today because i forgot he directed that that sucks and i it's just such a shitty movie. See, I remember not liking it, and I was like, "Should I? Did, am I wrong? Do I need to go no, back?" It's horrible. It's bad, huh? I think he was going through some like real personal and substance issues. Who was the was uh, was uh, Phoenix uh, Joaquin Phoenix in that one? No. Who's the which? Who's the other actor in that? Chris Messina is in it. Chris Cooper has a surprise role. Chris Cooper, but um, but I mean Cooper's in this, but yeah, uh, he's a supporting role. But um, I think I'm conflating it with uh, something else. Th- that movie is that's not good. Shit. But I will say there's one thing about it. It's really good. Yeah. He has this crazy car chase with these old, it takes place in the thirties. He has this crazy car chase with these old cars. Mm. It's wild. Yeah. Ben Affleck is the best car chase director of, <laughs> of his generation. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the one in the town is incredible. And the, yeah. so the live by night ones, unbelievable. Uh, so that, that chasing the, obviously the, 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 the initial bank heist, uh, it's is, awesome. Is great. Yeah. 
the second the car chase one is fantastic they just yeah. sneak up on this armored car right and things get all fucked up it's really well done and then the fenway park thing comes out of kind of nowhere it's all obviously I, i've gone you know i'm a huge yeah, we know, baseball right. guy yeah. in hundreds of games at fenway you know so that it's cool yeah. to see this like and i've been i've stayed at howard johnson have you where they where they you yeah. know where ben affleck is i've eaten at a mcdonald's where jeremy renner's <laughs> right. like i've been always so the familiarity there really adds a level for me totally of like oh this is this feels so real like I've been in that parking lot. Like I've done. I've just walked around there. Like especially as like a bored seventeen, eighteen year old kid during like the lost years. Yep. You'd get to games at like three o'clock. I had nothing to do. You get to games at like two o'clock. You just kind of walk around until they open the gates for batting practice. Right. So I've like so to to have that. You know, just just to to know what it smells like and sounds like and and feels like there, and to have that be a focal point of the end of a major action movie. I you know I I've I've never really been to Hollywood so. For me to see it in my backyard or whatever, it was fun. Yeah. That in that ad level. So like that stuff is off the charts awesome for me. It is. Yeah. That's that's a that's a really fun scene at Fenway at the end. And I think Affleck does a better job than anybody to capture what it's like to live in that in that area. He does a very good job. Between Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone, yeah. And this. Yeah. Um that's what it feels like, and that's what a lot of like God Baby Gone does such a great job with that triple decker life. You see in like Revere, you see in kind of these rougher areas. You're like, oh no, that. But like, if you come, like Mystic River is a good movie. It is, um, but like Clint Eastwood doesn't get it though. He doesn't get no. He's not. He's a California what it's like guy. here. Yeah. And, and even watching it, like it never feels quite right because he yeah. doesn't quite. But like, you know, Gone Baby Gone feels so real because like, oh, this is a guy that knows this area. And he I know. He, I know Ben Affleck grew up in Cambridge. He grew up very rich. He's a child actor. There's a different. You know, he wasn't growing up in Charleston. He no, but he up, knows. He knows. He but he's it. met people who have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so like you get, it feels really authentic. It's re, and it, it elevates the movie maybe more than a movie like this should be elevated. Agreed. Um, so, so we're right. So we're frustrated with the uh, with with as much you know as much ham as we got. But the other the other thing I mentioned before that I was frustrated with is just the like the payoff of the my sunny day thing oh, that triggered him. I was just I'm like, we don't need that. So Rebecca Hall, you know. Um, Ben Affleck calls her after the heist and, um, and you know, she's, she's with the FBI. So she's like, yeah, come on over. But obviously she's under duress. Um, Ben's watching her from across the street and she tips him off by saying, you know, if you come here, it'll be just like one of my sunny days. And of course that means she, she called, you know, it's a callback to earlier in the film. She's saying code. If you come here, you're going to get killed. Right. You're going to get killed or whatever. So So that doesn't work. Actually, the whole, I didn't like that. Honestly, I know that you, you're, I get the Rebecca uh, C. Hall fanboy here. I am. Uh, I'm a so Rebecca Hall. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca Hall apologist. <laughs> Hall monitor. I think, she, <laughs> I think she's very good. Yes. Hall monitor. I really like her a lot. Yeah. She's 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 super vulnerable. It's hard. That's, that's really hard to do. Treat to watch on screen. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you say I am an alien. You have no heart. I watched. Uh, I, you watch Rebecca Hall. You want to, you know, rip out your own heart. Pull, that pull uh, Robin Williams in a closet. Oh, that's me. Call, call that's it just, a day. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, no, but uh, so <laughs> you know, it's, her, the role kind of stinks. This movie. So I, I really, really does. So uh, not only does that scene suck, the idea that she's going to find this money in the garden. I'm sorry, guys. At the end of this movie, is total trash. <sighs> Yeah, I love this movie. But she's gardening in the same spot. Does she just only garden in the same spot every day? Fine. She guards. She finds the money. Stupid. Ben Affleck would never put it there. Okay. Even worse. We're supposed to believe that she works. I know part of it volunteers, the boys and girls club, right? And the FBI is going to be totally cool with an anonymous donation. I know bank robber's mom's name <laughs> I know, I know. at the place where she's. <laughs> it isn't like our what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's too clean of a boat. It's just gross. Stop. You can't do that. You don't have to do it. Why does he give her, like, stop? Like, what? You don't have to. You can just leave the longing there of not knowing whether they'll ever see each other again. That's it. You don't have to have the money in there. You don't have to give her any payoff. She went through a traumatic event. Does this movie, this movie's better if she never forgives him, right? Um, I think it's more real. Like I never root for them to get together. Like even when I watch the first, I'm like, oh god, she's. I kind of do because she's I drip and and it's just, oh no, yeah, she's no good. You're really and uh, you're really killing her in this movie. Yeah. And um, it's in your top 100, by the way. I know. Let's 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 dial back the Rebecca Hall hate. I'll stamp it up. <laughs> uh, no, but like, the, well, I, the, this so a movie like Moonstruck, like The Fly, or some of the movies that are, are very good. I think I'm more forgiving. A, I've seen them less. And B, I, the high points don't reach the same high points. Yep. 
So with this movie, it's frustrating when you have these really high highs and you have, honestly, the ending of this movie is a low low. Like, it is. I love him. You love him going and taking out the florist? The florist. I love yep. him uh, killing that assistant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, that's great. I love the four. I love the street. That's quick. It's, it, they're both miss each other. Yeah. That's funny. Like, yeah. it's, it's good. Right. Um, and I think, I, I love that he, like, dressed up like a, like a guy at the tea. And yes. He just walks away. I hate that he gives him a note. Even though you have that great John Hamm line, it, you know, the notes for you, and let's go fuck yourself. Yeah. But, like, you he, don't need he, it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. that. It's no. too cute. It's too cute. And then, you know, to get, have the money, like, that is so asinine. Right, I agree. It's so crazy and so stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And, like, you know, and it's like, and it's, really, it's also artificial. Like, we're supposed to care about this mom. This His mom sounds like a train wreck. Yeah, she let, okay, so first we think that she just took off, which sucks, but now it sounds like... She was just, uh, she got really addicted. She to got drugs. really addicted to drugs. She just had an OD. Yeah. But she got addicted to drugs because Chris Cooper owed the forest money. I mean, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't either. make any sense. Yeah. That's just, but then I just chalked that up to Cooper being an asshole or his character being an asshole and really no, bitter. Forrest tells him that. That's true. Oh yeah, that's Cooper, right. Cooper's story makes that's more right. sense. It does so make she more just sense. left. Yes, she just Which left. Which I like, like, why do we, and, and I don't know if Affleck is because he's a kind of, Ben Affleck is a really talented guy. Super talented. But and he's one of three writers on this, so maybe it's not him, you know. But like this need to put a Hollywood bow on stuff, and I, I maybe if you're listening to this and you, if, you know, if you're Patreon, you're obviously you listen to a lot of our shows, and you maybe listen to Good Will Hunting episode, and I love that movie; it's my favorite movie to cover. And you could say, "All right, Chris, well, you're full of shit," because that is a Hollywood bow, right? Like everyone kind of gets what they want, and I'm like, "Well, it's a different movie because the people in this movie do despicable things. The people in Good Will Hunting are all trying to do the right thing. They are. Sometimes it doesn't always work, and honestly, it's not that much of a bow, like." No, we don't actually like know. Those guys are still nothing. You're still working these shitty jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, ben, you know, Matt Damon's kind of just driving off to. Right. That's the only thing that the only bow is he left. He left. We don't know what happened. Yeah, we don't know what happens. And like Robin Williams is going on a trip. Like it's pretty. The stakes are pretty small in that movie. Agreed. And the the winds are pretty small. It's all deserved. Yeah. In this movie, the stakes are much higher, way higher. And, but then you have these like wildly insane rewards. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think you have to believe that they eventually see each other again. He leaves her an orange. He's telling her where she is. He's, t- I mean, where he is. He's in Florida. He's in Florida. But like, so why tell like, what? like <sighs> you don't need it. We I don't th- need it. He could have just been if gone. She never forgives him. I really like that character a lot more. It yeah. feels a lot more authentic. Yeah, it does feel more. And it more makes real. a lot of the sadness from before. I buy it. Well, I have to buy that. I want to go back to that for a second. We have to buy it. I mean, how long was it since she got, you know, bank robbed and kidnapped mm. to the end of this movie? It was like two weeks. I think she I has think, some time I to think over. Okay, a month, but still. They did three jobs. The one job seemed like they were quick. One job seemed, the Fenway Park job seemed like it just kind of fell in their lap. Yeah. And the other job was rushed. Remember? They're like, oh, well, well, really a different armored truck guy. Yeah. And like, no, no, we got to pull this off now. Because yeah, Affleck, right, that was going to be his last job. You know, he was like, Jam, I'm done after this. Right. And we know like the seasons never change. And we know like when, right. the, movie, when the movie begins, it's baseball season. It's yep. on Red Sox on TV. So, right. So at most it's three months. Yeah, and I ticked under on that, but so somewhere between I mean, they, they a, had a they, they dated a few a few days, I guess. Yeah, sometime so between two months. Fine. Call it that. Yep, that's fine. All right, so she can get over it a little bit. Yeah, if they're having a, a torrid romance, oh, then sad. Oh god, imagine, really imagine, like imagine like hanging out. Imagine I'd like that. someone like that. I think because I think I would make oh. her happy eventually. I think I think oh, I'd god. bring her out of it. That cloudy, the back to her sunny day. You'd make her happy. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ, make everybody happy. <laughs> not me we've been doing 150 of these i'm still fucking miserable oh, has it been that many something like that god damn it franchise. yeah it's 126 and i think this is 26 or 27 oh my god Ugh. what are we doing <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you know, I mean you make people miserable i mean i'm better more miserable now than i was when we started. <laughs> <laughs> that had nothing to do with covid or you being fucking locked in the house nothing to do with that i'm fine being locked in the house no I no, you're high on gummies playing fucking sim baseball. Let's, let's how I, me. Yeah, that's a win. I made the playoffs. You're, did you? Yeah, <laughs> I, did. I won the wild card game. Wait, 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 wait. but I don't know how, how old are you? How many seasons have you been in though? Are you like three this seasons? Fifth season fifth. So you're like 22, 23, 24, 24. Well, no, five, two seasons minor is five seasons in major. You so still down in Florida? Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, no. The, oh, the, what happened? Oh, so I was with the Rays for four and a half years. Yeah, that sucked. They were terrible right. to you. The Rays are finally so angry at them. This fifth year. They, they're good. They're winning the division. The rest of the AOE sucks. I'm they fucking trade me. No, what the fuck for fucking boring ass reds. Reds have no fun uniforms. No, the reds are so boring. So the reds because I 
Meanwhile, I won the Cy Young MVP last year. I won the Cy Young MVP this year. Why would they have traded you? What the fucking because hell? they because they said we can't afford you in a year and a half when you're a free agent. Yeah, but they're going to make the playoffs. Why but would they're you? like we, that's dumb? They were able to get a young pitcher under control. Actually, it's kind of realistic. Is it realistic? Well, I mean, dude, if you're winning the division, you're going to make the playoffs. Trade Pedro Martinez. When basically? is when's, right? When's the next? Let's slow down. Who you're comparing yourself with? No, uh, no, no. I mean, no. I won back to back. I guess okay. That works. That works. That works. So, but why? So you think how many? What's how often are they going to make the playoffs? Not very, dude. I dude, I, I, I was like so much. But I made pissed. the playoffs with the Reds, and, I'm, and I, I won the wild card game. And dude, I was so happy. I'm like, I was screaming, sc- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going crazy. I was going crazy. But no one wants to be in Cincinnati. No one wants to live dude, there. Dude, that second, sucks. I'm a free agent at the end of next year. You're I'm out. out. You're gonna have to pick a good place to play, though. Don't just take the money. Oh, I want. You gotta go win. I want to find a place I can win. You gotta. We need to. We need to. You know, solidify your your uh, my hall of fame. Your hall of fame. Yeah. Okay. So it's so no. So this is. You can see. I'm very excited and happy doing that. So I. I think my misery has to do with you. I'm just illustrating how much bullshit this is. People are oh. listening to it and they're like, "This is so stupid." I like <laughs> fucking playing video game baseball. Chris is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. What is awesome transition is the uh, is the one of the best scenes, right? Is when they're out sitting sitting outside. Um, Claire and uh, oh, Doug are sitting outside. Scene. Yes, but when Jem enters, when Jem enters the fucking picture, yes. it is that is such a crazy scene because you've already so seen Jem. So Jem yeah. basically, we don't know why either. We don't know who he was following. So 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 we don't know if if he was following um, Doug Doug right if he was following Claire we don't well, if know he was following either and for too long and he was basically following both of them anywhere I guess I guess that's day. right I think he knew you think he knew beforehand yeah it seemed it but yeah. we never really get Claire so he could honestly do anything in that scene yes he could pull a gun and fucking shoot them both right there we've already seen him be a fucking wild card and so he approaches them and it's like he is and he's a total predator in that scene too it's so intense and this goes to like what i'm talking about like the more you see it unfortunately something like that loses a little bit of his, it does. Uh, his energy because the first time you see it i remember the first time i saw it in the theaters i was literally on the edge of my seat like, yeah i was like holy shit because right this guy could do any, any affleck time. could try to take and him out know, you never know we know about the tattoo yep but we know that renner doesn't know about the tattoo no so um, you know, you're, you're just, it's just a, you, it, it he is, just needs to turn and she'd recognize really it. really well shot by Affleck. It's and it shows amazingly you how shot. Affleck really is a great director. He is a great director. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, that scene is so fucking then, good. It's a great shot, you know, of Affleck grabbing the scruff of, uh, his neck. Yeah, it's like a hug, but to cover that tattoo. Cover tattoo. Jesus Christ. And it's really well done. And you know, he was that whole time he's planning on, he has to do he, that. When, when can I do it? He's like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I got to get him out of here and I got to do that. And he's just on edge the entire time trying to get. And we all are. Yeah. And I know that look too of, of like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. But he can't, you know, he can't really betray himself to, to Claire. It's, That's it's such a great it's, scene. It's really effective. It's really powerful. And, you know, we, obviously we've done, we've done Argo for the, for the show for Quantum Week. And, uh, we talked there about how, what a master work athlete does with suspense. Yeah. He's almost Hitchcockian. And he's from that school or from that like train, not the school, I guess he's from that. Like he has from that lineage. You feel that lineage. Like you can tell yeah. he must really appreciate because he, he can just ratchet up the suspense. Like I always talk about rear window, uh, which is a heavy recommendation. If anyone hasn't seen it in either at all or in a while, it's a, it's a Jimmy Stewart. You might say, oh, it's old. It's in color. But, uh, if you're not yelling at your TV in total <laughs> suspense by that third act, yeah. like something's wrong with you. Like it is so suspenseful and it ratchets up and it's like, it's that same kind of energy in that scene. It's yeah. really well done. Like yeah. Affleck, like, that's his master. Like that's like, a like you can see that's why you, like you wish he would direct more. I know because he would, although you know, then again, you see something like, what is it? A city by, what is it? Uh, cross, whatever by night, by night, whatever. Boring. By High by night. Called. I don't know. Yeah. Drunk by night. Drive by night. Um, but, uh, it, uh, live by night. Live by night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Live, and let, um, live by night. Uh, yeah. So, but maybe he's planning on doing that when he retires from acting. Maybe he feels like he can still he make some retire? good money. I mean, I, so I checked out his next few films. Um, so he did write another movie with Matt Damon, which I'm very excited. It's coming out this year. Uh, and it's with, and he has a supporting role in it, but it's Matt Damon and Adam Driver, I believe, are rivals. And then uh, cool. Ben Affleck is kind of the supporting character. Kind of, I guess, similar to Good Will Hunting in a yep. way, where you have two leads. Robin Williams and Matt Damon, right. and then um, uh, Affleck is kind of a supporting role. So, but uh, Damon, uh, Affleck, and somebody else co-wrote that. So I'm excited for that. That'll be cool. And then he's he's in a George Clooney movie, which I'm excited about. Uh, oh yeah, called The Tender Bar, um, and that looks really interesting. Uh, so he's he's definitely, and we both love the way back. 
Yeah, that's so a we, really good you know, one. He both, didn't direct it though. That seems like a Ben Affleck directed movie he didn't, too. No, he just acted in. Yeah, um, you know, but like you know, so we both really appreciate Ben Affleck, the actor. Yeah, he's great, and he's good in this. Yeah, and it's kind of a a nothing role. I mean, he's the he's the every you know whatever he's the he's very he's very ordinary by, by on purpose. You know, it won't be the same like because no one will ever have that longevity. But he's sort of like Clint Eastwood in that way where he's going to have this long acting career and he could have this long directing career too and produce. He could be one of those, those he could sort be, of top of the, uh, I the worry echelon. about self-destructive stuff. Oh, he's super self I mean, like, yeah. you know, he just go, I know he's, he's back dating JLo. I mean, he's just like someone, I think that is just substance uh, abuse and yeah, yeah, major addiction issues. Yeah. And, um, just never seems like we're Matt Damon seems relatively satisfied with yeah he's like he seems it's funny because like damon has one oscar like affleck has has you know he won a best picture for argo he's directed a best picture movie yeah but yet damon is the one that seems more content it's true and affleck is the guy that's constantly searching chasing and, and constantly right yeah and um it's funny how it's worked out with those guys yeah uh because you would think oh the guy that you know affleck no matter what happens the rest of the way, he has Good Will Hunting, he has Argo, and obviously Damon has Born, the Born movies, yeah. and he has, um, you know, he's he's been The Martian, he's, he's obviously done a lot of great work, but like, you know, the creme de la creme movie, like, you know, Ben Affleck was also in Shakespeare in Love, I know that's, I forgot about that, not a very popular, you know, that was, of course, should have been Saving Private Ryan that year, yeah. but like, you know, Ben Affleck's been in a couple Best Picture winners, you know, I mean, this is like, point, like right. when it comes to like the, and I know that's how those guys you know measure themselves a little bit i think at this yeah point in their well lives. and he's been robbed uh, uh on other stuff yes. like i mean he's yeah should have been obviously he got robbed for director for argo yes uh you know i the best actor year this year was stacked for you know but uh, affleck should have certainly gotten a least, nomination for the way back he was great uh, maybe not i don't know i mean then i'm the field was so stacked this year but i felt like he wasn't even under consideration yeah like, it just it feels like right he's been robbed a few times but what things. what bridges is he burned i don't understand maybe it's just because he's self is he hard to work with i've never heard that not that a i've lot heard of jealousy change. so like writers are jealous because he's a handsome guy that can act yeah like actors are put off by some of the armageddon moves he's not one to do it that's done that many he, he made i know and he hasn't really done it in a while yeah i know you know then he does the batman but i mean a stacked but, cast too. Does marvel movies now so like right with superhero movies on the same stage. well and and that's a little different i think the dc that batman that's a that's a lot darker than the marvel movies actually until for the most part but it's more that universe superhero is, uh, stigma if you will yeah yeah it but is like i don't think that really exists as much anymore i mean now you have some superhero movies even getting nominated for best picture so there you go yeah i i don't i i and then Armageddon, that was a huge, that was a stacked cast. Like, like that, the that was your games. He grew yeah, that was he shitty and jiggly. called Paycheck. Like Paycheck wasn't bad though. You've never know, seen it, but no, I know, I know, I know, I, I, know, I know. I haven't seen it, but like, you know what I mean? That's but not like, bad. That's the best movie. But it's just like, it's just so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Reindeer games, Jiggly. Um, yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. There's been a few, but most of, and not for a long time. His movies for a long time have been but high caliber like, movies. But it's just, but he's just not like, so Al Pacino is like Jack and Jill, right? Like the shitty Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah. But like, you know, I'm not trying to compare Pacino and Affleck as actors. I'm just trying to compare like their, their, their stigma. Yeah, they're uh, right. How I, people view them. I feel like, you know, Affleck is a stain and I, I think all the tabloid stuff doesn't help either. But then like you have Pacino. Okay, so guess what? Pacino in the 80s had a major coke fucking addiction. He's so bad he had to stop doing Oh, movies. that's surprising. Like, you know, he didn't, I know, no shit. <laughs> but like he didn't act in the mid 80s because like, you know, his comeback was CL Love. But, like before yeah. that, he took a couple years off to do like Broadway and also just to get his, so he could fucking go to clean out. Yeah. He was all fucked up. Yeah. So he's had substance abuse issues. He's been in fucking paycheck kind of movies. Yeah. And, but yet he has no stain. And I, I obviously his 70s stuff is unparalleled. I'm not trying, but I'm just saying it's, it's not really fair. I feel Ben Affleck, you know, even though you say Ben Affleck's name, people will snicker sometimes. Yeah. Like, they just think of him why? as a, as like a, yeah, as, as, a, as a, like as a lightweight, a lightweight actor, like, but he's not, he, his resume super talented. is unbelievable. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, cause if he can, if he can, keep clean you know or try to be clean for the next 20 years he might he can might he, can he yeah because yeah, he'll he could definitely direct multiple like you know he could best I mean, he has uh, best you know oscar for best movie. but he's nothing on the table he's gonna oh, he, like he wrote a movie yeah i will say his his choices seem to be for the most part getting better yeah. certainly better than they were 20 years ago certainly better than they were even like 15 13 years ago I mean, even They're, the movies he's directed, I mean, you, you know, yeah. like he was doing Pearl Harbor, right? Like he does these like shitty movies. Yeah. Like he stopped doing that. I right. Feel. And I feel like he's doing stuff with like, you know, the George Clooney, like tender bar. He's doing stuff like the way back. Yeah. He's doing movies that have a, a lot, lot of depth. Yeah. And, and obviously he's, and, and he's a great director. He doesn't direct enough. Yeah, I agree. That's too bad. 
I do love this movie though. It is very good. Um, there are some things I don't love about it. I think by the time I die, it won't be my top 100 anymore. Probably not. Um, but, and like I said, it's just a miss for my top 20 here. I, I when I saw Argo, I remember saying to myself, oh, I love Argo, but the town's better. But like, I've completely Argo's better. on that. It's like, a better movie. Argo's a better movie. And now yep. I'm getting to the point now, it's like, oh, Argo might be like, I think if you ask me 10 years, I'm going to say Argo's like a much better movie. Could be. I'm not quite there yet. But Argo's a better movie. Argo's a better movie. Definitely. Like, I'm, I'm definitely firm saying that. Yeah. And like each time it's like, oh no, Argo's like, like quite a bit better. Yep. And I did not feel that way at the time when I saw this movie. The other positive is the score is quite good in this. It's very moving. It's um, a good score. Yeah, it's a very good score. There's elements of like Celtic in there a little bit, but not too much. A lot of times you do the Boston shit and you get way like... You get ding ding, and none of that, but right. just like some of the um, remind me of like uh, who's the um, uh, Percy Aldridge Granger. It's it's not quite like that. One of my favorite composers is Percy Granger. Um, he does like a lot of folk style uh, it's symphonic music, but f- like folk themes, and he weaves them in really interesting ways. Twentieth um, century composer. Kind of, it had elements of that to me where, where I could hear the lyrical quality of it, like the, the tune of it. It wasn't just like, hey, let's put something together to, to build tension. Um, and it had the, that sort of some of the Celtic elements in there, but just way deep. And uh, yeah, I thought it was quite quite moving um, score. Very good. The dialogue in this movie is fantastic. It's good. And I think a lot of it is Affleck because it, it feels so Boston. Like he'll, he says something to Pete Postaway at the end of the movie. He's like, you're just a fucking forest with a fucked <laughs> yes. up face. Yes. And like, I can't imagine anyone from any other region saying that to somebody. <laughs> no. Like this is a Boston thing to it say is. that someone has a fucked up face. Yeah. And Pete Postaway does. So it makes it even funnier. <laughs> yes. um, or did. Uh, and then like another line in the movie is like one of the guys at Fenway Park is like, oh, Boston, Red Sox haven't gotten robbed this bad since Jack Clark. Yeah. Which is such a funny line because like, Jack Clark is like, unless you are a hardcore Red Sox fan, it's over 40. You don't remember Jack Clark even being on the team. I remember him. Um, and uh, Jack Clark, by the way, his first year the Red Sox was good. Everyone forgets that. 91 was good Jack Clark. 92 was, was quite poor. But it is a, it's a funny line. It's like, it's such a, it would have been easier to go cliche there. But like Ben Affleck's like a legit Red Sox fan. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember he would do games with, uh, a couple times he'd go in the booth with Remy. Right. And he like, I think he said like a Rojo, Rolando Rojo was getting knocked around. And he's like, oh, a Rojo is showing his a Rojo-ness. <laughs> and that's just really funny to me. Like his a Rojo-ness. Like <laughs> basically calling the guy shit. And like, so like, but, but you could tell the guy actually watches the game. Yeah, he knows he what's going cares on. cares about yeah. the team and has, and has a, that's why he's so um, he's so ingrained in this area. Like so, you know, when he does a movie about this area, it makes a lot of sense, as you were talking about before. But yeah, yeah right with the Red Sox stuff, the cultural stuff around this area, he really gets, of course. He does, yeah. and um, so the dialogue there and Renner, we probably haven't spoken oh about that. Like that is, it's it's, it's he's fierce and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I was going through. I'm like, so well, you know, I see the movie. I'm like, you know what, man? Like Renner, you know, I haven't seen the Hurt Locker what i know i haven't seen i know oh I, I dude it, right no yeah, it's, nah, right. yeah that, that's got to be one right. next on your list here. all right i'll see it yeah um i haven't seen it like i know that's a blind spot for me but so okay so i'm like all right whatever so absence of the hurt locker i'm like maybe jeremy renner's a one trick pony i went through his his film, filmography he's like no he's good in everything yeah I'm like that's like he's really good in wind river oh yeah he's, that's that's a really good one yeah that's a good point um what else is he uh i'm sorry see I'm, even i'm forgetting but like i went through the, like, the list of his movies i'm like oh no that's good well he did that's a born good. he did the last born movie and he's done some it. of the marvel stuff so yeah, there's it, so well, you get I a little bit the of avengers a, that was dumb yeah um in particular his role was, was very stupid yeah um so here's like some of the, the movies that he's been in that i really liked uh American Hustle. He's yeah. not a great movie. It's okay. He's really good in it. He is good. Um, Arrival is a pretty good movie that oh, he's good in. I really like Arrival. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it fits my. Um, so like, he's goes, very good. You know, and then obviously you have the town. You know, I forgot that he was in Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert right. Ford, which is one of the most beautiful movies you'll yeah, see. It's a beautiful movie. So yeah, you go through this like, oh no, this guy's actually been in a lot of good stuff. In fact, there's a lot more hits than misses. I, you would think that he's sort of pigeonholed. He's pigeonholed as an action guy. Maybe it's just because of the Hurt Locker, even though it's not really an action film i gotta see it's that drama now. yes yes you do um right. best picture winner right yeah, yeah i know i know it's a total bunch of you know what it was uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys but i didn't see it so yeah. um my brother-in-law uh served overseas uh yeah. he had a few deployments and that gulf wars i know that i just um i kind of shot away from those movies i just like it wasn't like i was like oh i, I just like eh. well we really were inundated with it with new stuff it's it was t- just it's like not and i know there's been some good movies about that 
yeah. time that have come out. I honestly just, I haven't seen just because I just, it wasn't that I was like scared or, or anything. It was more just like, this doesn't seem entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I just, I guess I just chose even subconsciously not to see it, but I really, her you see it. quite good. But I'm because, sure, but, but maybe because of that, even though it's not, I mean, there is action elements, but it's, it's different than that. But you've got that, then you get the born, you've got the um, the Marvel stuff. Maybe people in their heads just sort yeah. of pigeonhole him as an action guy, and he's really nice. He's been in a lot of drama movies. He's very good. I like Runner a lot. Wind River is a, was a real I very was really, good movie. I saw that uh, almost out of desperation. I was we, me and uh, I was doing a Hampshire cast episode. And we had to spend a day in a town, and we were bored, and we had to pick a movie. And I was like, like let's go see this fucking movie. And we had a both we were both really like exhausted we both like we're both in miserable and bored <laughs> so we were in no mood to see a movie yes. and both are going that was really good yeah was another really good. beautifully shot film yes um yeah. that is beautifully shot yes right. there was some just another stark just because of that you know real darkness in that movie that sticks with me yeah that's a really that's a very good really one. interesting movie i haven't seen that one check that out yeah i need to see her locker but jeremy renner uh is incredible in this jen is one of the great bad guys in movies he really is um and because uh, he's not over the top you could you see that he has he can snap at any time but you he's not i mean he does he does some fucked up shit so taking I hostages i stuff, agree with you but he's not he's not over the top i do over wonder this though and this is i guess maybe i'll ask people who, who are listening yeah. if you're not from this area you've never really been to new england let's say you're just someone that's just doesn't really know New England. You know, but you, yeah. you know, you never go to New England say, right. Does he feel over the top? Does it seem cartoonish? Oh, I don't think so. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't, we don't, we, we can't know that. I'm I asking guess. you if someone, I'm just curious because like, but I will say though, we both agree that living in this area, no, that's pretty real. Like there are smart ass. Guys, yeah. Smart ass, but kind of dumb. Yes. And like they, 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 he even had like the bot, like kind of, you could tell like, I just had too many beers. Like he's, yeah. he's like heavy in the wrong spots, but yet you could tell he'd like whoop your ass in a fight like, oh, fuck yeah. it, with no questions asked. He might be a little guy, but he's terrifying and just has this like attitude. Even the way he walks, it's like, Oh, that's very Boston. Yeah. I've seen guys in a bar and you, you see, honestly, you go to a bar and there's a few of those guys. You walk, you out. don't want, yeah, you don't want to be you around have one that. drink no. and you get out of that bar. As soon as you Cause can. you just those don't know are, those guys are rough. Yeah. And you buy that. He was in prison for nine years. Like you, you just, and you, you buy, buy all of that against exactly. We talk about Ant-Man. Remember we covered Ant-Man. It's like, there's no way Paul Rudd was in prison for three years. No you way. don't buy it. He's like a sensitive, I, gentle guy. It's, but he also does, like, he doesn't act like someone no, he in doesn't. prison. He doesn't. I completely buy that Jerry Renner was in prison for nine years. Fuck yeah. You think Where he else tur- this guy been? You think he's Chris <laughs> Cooper, you know, in 20 years, oh if, he, if he stays there, yes. you know, longer. Like he's- and, oh, another, Chris Cooper is, uh, I, I, I completely buy that, that, that oh, is yeah. so scary. Yeah. So Chris Cooper lives in the area. He lives in Massachusetts. Oh, I didn't know that. And you know, he had all of that, those mannerisms down for those yeah. older kind of like busted up guys. Yeah. Um, he knew how to hit all the right accent. Like he, that was like, that felt really real. And Affleck in that is so good in that scene. Affleck's the kind of actor. He's a, he's a very good actor. I like Affleck a lot. He's better when he's around good actors. Sure. You figure everybody is, but some guys aren't. Yeah. But like, he really does amp up his game when he's around. He's, and like, he'll play to the competition. Um, and so he's around Renner. He's going to amp it up. And when right. he's around Chris Cooper, he's going to really level up. And, uh, that seems great. They pause at the right time. Sometimes there's nothing said because they don't, they're probably something they already right. do. Yeah. And, um, and Chris Cooper is terrifying. He is. He is. Re- and he doesn't give a shit. No, even kind of for his own son. He just, he's, he doesn't he's give not a fuck about anything. He's just like angry. Put up with anything. And he, the anger just sees off him. Yeah. It is, it is an amazing performance. And you're, you're just left wanting so much more from him. Yeah. So that's his disappointment. That is a disappointment. Um, Jim, great character. Renner does a phenomenal job. A lot of great acting in this. It's a great movie. It just missed my top 20. Had we done this movie three months ago, it would crack my you top 20. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's probably just, I think you're right. It's probably just, past just my top 20 too. So A minus-ish? A minus. Yeah. Solid A minus. That sounds, that sounds about right. Yep. Um, all right. Anything else with uh, the town? That's all I got. Phoenix. The All right, Listomania by Phoenix off of uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, which is actually 
an interesting, you know, throwback to Mozart, of course, but this song is Listomania is about uh, the frenzy, the absolute frenzy people would have going and seeing, um, is it Franz Liszt? I think is yes, his name, yeah, uh, the yeah. Hungarian pianist. Did you like seeing him? Was it exciting? I know you're a little older than I am. Uh, not that much older. Oh, okay. He was, uh, when did he die in the 1880s? The romantic era, um, so you did pianist. You weren't. I wasn't alive. Oh, okay. That's a dumb joke for me. I'm not that old. Oh, okay. I mean, there's no. It's not like a S.C. E. Robinson situation where where I've you know I'm 200 years old from Russia. That's not that's not me. It's not the joke that we no, play. No, the joke right? we have on you is you're an alien. Even better. Um, but uh, Litzt, uh So that's a Romantic era. Um, composer and this was really so they did have like so mozart's earlier he's like pre-romantic into romantic and then beethoven was really the start of and you know in the span of romantic era music and what romantic romantic era composition uh so it's like 18 probably 30s through 1900 then then um it changes a little bit but but what that what happened is in that era of music people um started really expanding the musical palette like it used to be you know we went from we i've talked a lot about this idea of the one four and five chord and it's like the basic structure for rock music because it's the basic structure of blues music because it's the basic structure of you know classical music um, but in, and so they really stayed in that box in those kind of three, three chord box, uh, through classical period. But then in romantic, they really expanded the palette of what chords were okay and acceptable. A lot of it had to do with the church. Like the church would sit, you couldn't go too harsh or too far away from home. So they wouldn't let you expand the chordal palette. Cause if you did, you were in league with the devil. So it really kept you in this little constrained things like, you know, a lot of the, um, more out chords sounded very harsh um, to ears back then. Mm -hmm. And they, like I said, equated it with the sign of the devil, but romantic, I really love romantic era music uh, composition more so because that's when they, you know, you you start to see um, huge um, composition happen, like really expansive, beautiful composition, but it also made music even more complex. Now Mozart was a, absolute prodigy was a killer piano player of course and so was beethoven um but it was way more rare to see musicians like that that time than it was in the romantic era where people were were really trying to be virtuoso like they were really trying to up their their game in terms of um their skill level on their instrument they the mastery of their instrument um was so much more important in the romantic era music and that brings us to list so let's what is I mean, he could, I don't know, but he could have been, he might have might be the best piano player that's ever lived. Like that, that's, that's a possibility. Like we can't ever compare because we don't have recordings of him playing, sure. but just looking at his compositions, he has composed some of the hardest material mm. to play on the piano that one could ever. And I'll, I'll have a little bit of it. I'll play you some. Cause it's, it's like, so there's, I, I watched some videos of like, you know, the, of someone of a camera looking down on a piano player playing some of his music today and it's just to to watch it it's it's unbelievable that they're actually doing it it's so complex and uh list was a big fan of paganini who was one, one of you know could be considered maybe the best violin player um ever lived i mean we can't like i said we can't do that comparison because he's dead but his comp uh his compositions and his sort of um reputation around his instrument is legendary. He had really long fingers, uh, super dapple, super quick, um, just a huge facility and lids wanted to match Paganini and even wrote some pieces for, for the two of them to play. Um, so what would happen is, you know, a lot of musicians then were backed by, um, backed by the, the, uh, the, the monarchy, right? Because how you, you, you didn't have like, you weren't, if you were a traveling bard, you could do that as a musician, but you weren't going to make a lot of money. So the really talented musicians were trying to hook up with the monarchy um, so they could be kind of their court musician and they would compose for the monarchy and do concerts, you know, for, um, for the Kings and Queens and stuff. Um, but so he, you know, Litz was able to do that and was able to make a lot of mo- make a good amount of money so that he could, he, he was very prolific. He had a good life. Unlike, you know, Mozart who died when he was 30 something years old, um, let's live a lot longer mm-hmm. record, uh, was able to, to write a bunch of stuff. So here is, um, the, the sonata in B minor, and this is extremely complicated. It's all these octaves.
got all these crazy rhythms in the left hand with all this real fast shit in the right hand and then he switches he does all this fast shit in the left hand it's it's pretty sick. And people would just see it. People crazy. would see it, and it was Beatlemania, dude. They would they, they would go, go nuts. nuts. Yeah, yes, right. they were they were like it, it. It was just so shocking to them to see some to hear someone move like that and to watch them. You know, if they're in the mm. the monarch court or whatever, watching this guy fucking play the that piano, crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, the maybe the most complicated piece of me, this this uh, piece is called uh, La Campanella, and it Roy is Campanella? La not Roy Campanella 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 Campanella. This is La campanella um it's not going to sound as complicated as sonata and b minor but what he's doing is bouncing uh these octaves with his right hand he's going which an octave is uh is eight notes away but it's it's white and black key so it's actually further apart than that so you have to have like you have to have large enough hands to hit that octave which most people who have medium-sized hands they can but to have the dexterity to bounce off it like low high low high low high or 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 the opposite and then jump octave to octave to octave to octave really really fast and to have the hand strength to do that and not falter is fucked up like so this is you watch this piece um of a guy of of this dude playing it and it, it is just it's so complicated like fluttered right hand it's crazy that's like i'm sure it's really hard but this is this seems like, it's like a parlor trick to me like this is like all right cool like you can like play weird like it's not this isn't good music well this is just a piece of a whole suite like this is probably a 40 minute piece and this is just part of it mm-hmm. um you know there's also really dark like beautiful moody stuff in there too but this is just the real fast shit yeah that's good i guess you know, like fast shit. I just find it impressive. I, I, I must, it's, anybody I, who's a, who's a master on their instrument, I find impressive. And it sounded, this guy was was crazy. My God. Know? This guy guy had it all going. You know, so so that's what Listomania is all about. It's right. about uh, Franz List. Yes. Um. Now I love this album. Um. So Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, I think, is one. I mean, that might be my favorite album of that year. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it was, it's so good from top to bottom. Uh. I really dig Phoenix. Um, a lot of the other albums, there's not, there's usually a few songs on each album that's really good, but I find this one, this is, this will always be like a, a favorite album of mine. Do you like this? Yes, the song's great. Um, this is the best song Phoenix does at Slistomania. Um, the problem with Phoenix, the problem I have with this album is that like all the songs kind of have that same sound. So like 1901 yeah. is very, so So like the whole album by the time you're like, all right, well, I heard the same song nine times now, like, you know, more or less, like it doesn't change. They do change their sound, uh, with their later albums and it becomes, I was talking with Laura, Laura loves this song. Yeah. Uh, I like this song. Laura's like, this is the best song ever, you've ever covered for the show. It's a great song. Uh, I don't, I don't, but I think like take on me by aha is the best song, song we've ever done for the show. Yeah. I probably like that one better. Probably in my top five. It's right there with the other, other ones that yeah. we like a lot a great one. or the one, the ones that I like a lot. So it's like, it's right there. It's like take on me is like its own element. And then like a drop down that next year, this is in there. Um, there, they do make other, they do change their sound. Are you familiar with MGMT or passion pit? Yep. Both. So like they sound like them more in like their later albums, a little darker, more alternative, less poppy. Yeah, less poppy. I don't and actually, they are, they're more right. 80s. They're more 80s. Um, I, I think it's management, isn't it? MGMT? Isn't that how you pronounce it? I always assumed it was management. No, you don't pronounce it management. You just say MGMT? Yeah. That's a pain in the ass to say. I don't know. Whatever. But yes, both of them I'm, I'm familiar with. Yeah, so like they, they have that kind of sound. Laura, man, Laura brought that up. When we're, I'm like, oh, you're absolutely right. It does have like that, that kind of sound. And I like some of their later stuff too. I think Phoenix is a really good band and I'm not like knocking this album. It's just, it just gets a little repetitive for me, but um, like 1901 is a really good song. Like Listomania is like a great song. Yeah. Like these are really, it's really good. But like after all, you're like, all right, I'm just kind of, like I can only do it for so much. So I really love the song. 1901 is this probably really my, my favorite on that album. 1901. I like better. The darker synth is uh, mm-hmm. something that I, and well, well, we'll get to that in a second, but one really cool thing about this is we, I, ju- I just talked about uh, Litzt and his octaves in his mm-hmm. right hands. That's how they start the song. That's an octave. Ooh, de, ooh, de, ooh, de, ooh, de. That's pretty cool. I think it's a callback to Litzt. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I love how the song starts to in the drums. There's no hardware. There's no, there's no, um, no, none of that at all. It's just kick snare. And then sometimes they'll hit the toms, but no metal. Yeah. Until the chorus. 
and then they hit the and then they hit the metal. So it's just so stripped down. It's super fun. And you've seen the Breakfast Club meme, right? The Breakfast Club thing. Yeah, with their their dancing. Yeah, like this feels very. I feel like this is like '80s rockabilly meets. Um, like alternative of that time, like it's, it's like marriage, yeah, and it works. I think really, and like the like it's your time, it's your time, like that that yeah, that the is, bridge section that is fantastic. It's a fantastic section. Actually, I want to bring that up because they they fuck with me in this section. When you hear it, when I hear it, it does something to me. It makes me feel like it's going faster and faster and faster. It's not just because it's louder. That feels faster than the section before. And then they're going to do it again. They're going to ramp up again. Here. Feels faster. It does, yeah. I clocked it today because forever I've been trying to figure it out. I'm like, are they actually? Because it feels faster again. Until the end, you'll hear that sort of puts a bow on it. What I thought that they were doing was actually speeding that section up a little bit incrementally at a time. And then at the end, when it sort of falls into a soft section, they would have the time to slow it down, actually, without us really noticing, because the whole thing drops there. Mm-hmm. So forever, I thought that's what they were doing. I actually clocked it with a, uh, with a metronome today, and that's not what they're doing. What they're fucking doing is they're speeding up um, beat one and beat two a little bit. So the, mm. usually it's kick snare. That's how it goes. Kick snare, kick snare. That's uh, beat one, beat two. So the kick is a little bit ahead and then the snare is a little bit ahead. But the, but the entire measure itself is in time. It's just a, they just push that just a little bit. So it feels like you're going faster on those, uh, on those beat ones. Pretty fucking cool how they did that. It's awesome. And it's, yeah. it's such a great part of, and that's what I think sets this song apart for you than the other songs in the album, even though they all kind of sound the same is that it has that element to it. Cause that song is like, that makes me like just want to dance and have fun. Yeah, like, yeah. That is just a really fun and also has like this like really fun, like exciting energy to it. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, that's like a game changer for me. So that, and that's why this is one of my, easily one of my favorite songs of that year. Anytime I would do a, a if I did like a playlist of best of, of, of this year, this is like a guarantee to be on there. This is a really great song. Now in 1901, the reason why I, uh, there's many reasons why I love it. So I love that synth anyway. Um, it's just a really heavy, heavy 80 synth, um, super dark with a, with some, with a rhythm that feels like home, but it's also, strange the placement of it and they flip the time on me usually when you are listening to songs like something that's standard is you have things that are in even numbers so you'll have a measure uh but you'll make a phrase like eight measures or four measures or 16 measures it'd be sort of a multiple of four or eight normally um and i guess you know a multiple of eight is a multiple of four but you know what i mean like the phrase would last eight or 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 you know okay. 16 or four or something but this one it's not 1901 is not like that. And I've never actually sat down and thought about and like counted out the phrase to figure out exactly what they're doing. So it's always just been a little, I don't know why I haven't, but it's always just been a little bit of a mystery to me. And it it draws me to it because it's just, it's that little bit of detail strangeness. The chorus, of course. Where they place that synth, the down, 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 could either be um, after beat one or it could be after beat three, depending on how you count you count it. And it's all about his uh, his vocal phrase. He the where where he starts and ends his vocal phrase is is strange. That's what that's what sort of laps around and what what makes the the um, like the music phrase strange. You could sort of count it in two different places. And to me, I love when people do that because it's like the song is serving the most important part, which is the melody as opposed to the other way around. A lot of times people write, okay, we're going to have this box. We're going to have, you know, an eight bar phrase, you know, we're going to do this 12 bar blues or eight or 16 bar blues or whatever. And we're going to fit the, the vocal line to that. No, like I have something to say. I have a melody that I want to get out. It lasts this long. Let's build the rest of the music around it. And then they do it in such a cool way where it's just that nice, like um, that, just that nice rhythm in the sense. I, I, I really appreciate good writing like that. They have a lot of depth to their writing. There, the my one knock on Phoenix is the guy's. He's not no. whatever Mars. He doesn't have a great voice, but it's fine. In fairness to him, so the more you listen to it, too, you really hear like it's just he's French. He's and he's singing in English. In English, so like, I don't think that's the. I think he I, just doesn't I, have a very strong voice. A, but it, you can hear like in the yeah, it's, you just, can. it's an odd dialect. Yep, and it's like it's a little off putting. And then like his 
probably because of that i'm sure i'm guessing i don't know i can only speak one language and you know people may say i don't do that very well but like i can't imagine trying to sing in another language sure. that must be incredibly challenging so yeah. um but right so that isn't quite that's the one thing but it's fine I, my one thing for them is that they just the sound songs are all sound the same in this album it's just i don't same. think so it's I so fucking, repetitive like even uh so this is from an earlier album this is one of my favorites Constellation Prizes. It's nice, isn't it? Whatever. You don't like that one? No, I do. I say I do give them credit for kind of changing their sound uh, more recently in their later albums. They must have. I'm guessing maybe they felt the same way I did. Yeah. Um, but I do think though with the changing the sound, it's not as good. Uh, like they haven't quite reached the heights of Listomania to me. Uh, no, yeah. I mean that's a that's kind of a timeless album. It hit a lot of people's like top ten. It did. Oh, for it was a that. huge critical. Yeah, a huge critical, darling. Yeah. Um, I know 1901 is a and I like 1901. It's a fine song, but like to me is a is a quite a bit above that interesting yeah um, but it's a great song listening it's fantastic it would it'd probably crack my top five if i was doing that uh it was like it's easily one of the best songs we've covered yeah uh, it's not the best take on me is but uh this is it's up there it's quite great. good cool all right so that uh, probably the only time we'll talk about phoenix i would guess i'm guessing um so they had really this album sold a couple million and critically acclaimed they won a grammy for best alternative i think well, grammy got it right once i know yeah. Well, they got it right on Radiohead too, but it's true. Um, they get it right actually once in a while. Once a boom, maybe they got alternative. They they were nominated for album of the year, but they didn't get it, which they should have. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and then yeah, these were like their two. Actually, I think 1901 ended up hitting one on the alternative chart, where where Listomania hit four or something. Mm. But those two were their their biggest charting uh, songs ever too. So very good. Um, so that's it with uh, Phoenix. So what were you doing? Listen to some Phoenix. Uh, actually, this was an interesting week because Barbara and I, so I'd met Barbara in September mm-hmm. of 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this was relatively soon after my birthday. And we just decided to go to Tahoe for uh, the weekend, which was a lot of fun. We stayed in a really nice place, but um, I, have you ever, you haven't been to, I've never been to Tahoe. No, it's, it's quite beautiful. It's cool. Yeah. Because you're at, so you're at elevation, right? You got the Sierras all around you, the beautiful big mountains. Um, and then you're at, eleva- the lake is at, I think 5,000 feet. So you're just in the middle of all of these, the Sierra mountains and, and not too much longer after this, it would start to get snow. Like you, sometimes you would still see, you would see, uh, snow on some of the roads up there, even this early. But, um, I don't think there was snow on the mount on the Sierras then there, I don't think so, but, but pretty soon thereafter. So, mm. you, you know, I would imagine that it really comes alive. People do stuff on the lake during the summer. Of course, you know, there's boating and all sorts of things and there's mountain biking and fun stuff, but I would suspect it really comes alive in the wintertime when it's just, you know, ski city, you got yeah. such amazing West coast, um, skiing up there. And then this beautiful lake and, uh, a nice town, um, Truckee is the, uh, is the town around there. Super beautiful drive too. Cause you just, once you get out of the, California is such a beautiful state. It really is. Cause you, you just have a lot, like everything around the coast is gorgeous. Mm. And then you have these big cities and there's cool land formation, these giant bridges and the bay and everything. And even down into LA, you just, you know, you got the hills and down to the water. It's just such a, such like an amazing to have mountains and to have water like that is really awesome. But then once you go over on the other side of the, the hills, really you have all the desert for a while. Yeah. And then, but up North you've got Muir woods, um, which is North of the Bay, which is a beautiful big red woods. And then you have the Sequoias. So when you go out to Truckee, um, you're going North and East from the Bay area. And so you're going through, um, Sacramento, but then farther on, there's just, it's like, there's like nothing. You forget how it's just California is so, so big huge, yeah. and it's a lot of forest. I mean, in the South, it's a lot of desert, but then a lot of like giant fucking forest. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you get out to the mountains. Um, I had, we had kind of a crazy experience getting there though. So you have, what you have to do to get to, to get to um, Tahoe is you gotta, you have to go over the Donner pass. So the Donner pass is one of the highest elevations, uh, road elevations that you're going to drive in the Famously named after the director of Superman, of course. No, uh, uh, of course, um, named after the Donner party who ate each other, mm-hmm. uh, trying to negotiate, uh, the Sierra winter to get to California. Uh, like I said, <laughs> right. Uh, but it's something like 7,800 feet. Like it's, it's up there for a, for a major highway. That might be the, I think actually that's the highest point on route. 80. Do they have good dining on that street on that, on that pass or <laughs> it's good stuff to eat. It's an amazing joke. Funny guy. Um, 
but but it's crazy. It could like it could really snow at any time at that elevation, mm. seventy eight hundred feet. So you climb for about I don't know. I mean, you're starting. You're sort of uh, once you get past Sacramento, you're starting to go up a bit, but you have a pretty big jump in elevation for maybe like the last forty five minutes to an hour before you hit the Donner Pass. And actually, like I almost fainted. I'm driving. <laughs> I know I was, I'm driving too. And things started to go a little bit black and I was like really freaked out. I had, I had like weird, uh, <laughs> I had weird, um, yeah. Elevation sickness that stayed with me for the so next couple days. Like you're so much closer to your planet when you're up that high. You think you'd like it you're up that high. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know. So I'm driving and I'm like sitting next to Barbara. I'm like, I don't feel so good. She's like, do we need to pull over? I'm like, not quite yet. <laughs> and we kept going and we made the pass. The pass is crazy too, because you're, you're real, you're above the tree line. And so you're like looking around and it's, it's, you know, your top kind of top of the mountains. Yeah. Um, it's, and there, it's not like the roads are that wide. Have you ever, so I've, I've experienced that a lot driving in California, even North to South going South to LA or North to um, Seattle. You'll go through some of the mountain areas and you're, you're at elevate and you're just like these windy roads on a highway. Everybody's going 80 miles per hour. And you just got these giant fucking mountains so next scary. to you. And then even, so the roads could be kind of wide, but there's still a giant drop off to giant the right of you. Off. Hundreds of feet or a thousand feet. It's my, crazy. My, my grandmother, one of the last times I saw her, she's like, oh, uh, my grandmother who lived in Arizona at the time, she's like, I want to go to this place. So we, we, she, and she insisted on driving there. She was like 80 years old. The roads were so narrow. Oh they're winding. So I demanded. I'm like, I will not go home. Like, I'll, I demand. I'm I have to drive. She yeah. was so pissed. Like, I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, grandma. Yeah. I was like, this is not safe. Like, it was terrifying. Like, you're right. The, the drop off is just, like, and there's really no, like, in the Northeast, we're so used to like guardrails or just things like, it's just like, no, it's like not, there's no, no forgiveness. Just, no, you're over. It's, it's done. Yeah. I mean, so you drive Route 1 in California and it's along the Rocky Coast and you're at some serious elevation there, but it's slow. Like, you're going 25 five miles yeah. per hour north of San Francisco um, to get to Muir Woods. You, you go back like Stinson Beach and stuff. So you're seeing all these huge drop offs, but you're not going that fast. But some of these roads, like you go north to south on route, uh, I think it's 10. No, it's a 10. I can't remember going north to south in California, either direction um, up to Seattle too. It's the same, same problem because you get to Shasta, which is one of the tallest mountains. Uh, you have Shasta, Mount Hood and Rainier are the three like giant peaks in the Pacific Northwest. And I think Shasta is like 14 or 15,000 feet. And so you're, you're going through some of these, some of these like mountain passes and there's the Shasta dam, you know, which is a huge thing. And you, it's just, it's, it's big and it's scary. I mean, it's exhilarating too, but it's scary, but it's yeah. kind of similar when you go into the Sierras too. So, uh, so yeah, you get past the Donner path, but you're up there and you're like, Ugh. and you could see like sometimes I think they even, re- if I remember this correctly, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, I think they require chains after a certain point of the year, oh, because you, you right. just, you, you'll, you'll die. Like, yeah. um, so trucks will even they have pull off places for the trucks where they can wrap their, um, their, their wheels in, in chains so they can, they can make the pass. I can't imagine being a fucking truck driver through this shit. That it's like awful. Yeah. awful and fucking scary. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but Tahoe is quite beautiful. We went to, uh, Reno, uh, to the, um, I th- we were there the entire, I think maybe we took a long weekend or something. So the next day we went to Reno, which is just, uh, maybe a couple hours drive or oh, something right. uh, on the other side yeah. of, of Truckee. And I liked Reno. I don't, it's just kind of a cool, um, it seems awesome. It's like a chiller vibe than, um, Las Vegas, of course, is a lot smaller, but, it felt like really chill and yeah. you still kind of have a little bit of that Nevada desert feeling. Right. Um, it's a nice weather, but it's not quite as not quite as hot, at least when we were there and still you got the sea the beautiful Sierras. Right? I mean, you do have the mountains kind of surrounding you in um, Vegas too, but I liked Reno. Yeah. We had a good time. We, you know, didn't do much. We just, we kind of spent the day there when had some food and went to some keys, casinos and stuff, but it's, it was like, I liked, I liked this little yeah. city. It was like, it was really chill. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's what we were doing. It was our, our Tahoe trip. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are back on Saturday. Is that true? Well, we haven't taped yet. So maybe, you know, no, I think we one will of us will die. Unless, oh, um, I doubt it. I hope, I hope not. not. Uh, but uh, coming to America, coming to America and uh, in excess. Yes. Uh, new sensation. Uh, yes. Right now. Anything else? It's all I got. See you.